Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Uh-huh. I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock, look at the view from the top, researching rookies a lot, no, I just be listening to pods, yeah, one in particular, I'm just a messenger, let me just pass on the rock, browning, brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing, what he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things, and there's Dennis the Bennett, yeah. The man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slice a fox, coach it in pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Woo. Fantasy round table come take a look at the crown baby go what is going on everybody we are about to kick off week eight right is that right yep week right eight. Week ahead? golly already week eight of the fantasy football season and the nfl season hoping for a good game tonight between the no defenses Matt has on their teams of the Carolina Panthers and the Atlanta Falcons. Matt, how you doing today? Uh, pretty good. You know, the sun's back out. We're we're in the 50s, so I don't know if you guys recovered. but uh, We have a little bit, yeah. It's a little bit better feeling than the, what was it, 8 degrees on, when <laughs> we were talking on Monday. Yeah, it's up to, I think, 50. 55, 56 right now. We got the short sleeves on today, so I'm pretty excited about having to rock the sweatshirt. So yeah, it's uh, it's pretty nice out here. Beautiful. I mean, I'm not doing anything outside, but if I were, it would be beautiful outside. Uh, we really don't have much to talk about today. We've got obviously the Thursday night football game. There's a couple trades that have gone down. Obviously, the trade deadline is next Tuesday. So getting pretty close to uh, teams needing to make moves. Uh, Matt brought up on Tuesday's episode, you know, they're likely the likelihood, I guess, would be moves happen sooner rather than later because if they happen on Tuesday, I guess they could technically show up in the building Saturday, but that does not give them a lot of time to prepare for the game Sunday. So I think if a lot of moves get made, expect them to be made in the next couple of days to allow these players to get to their new teams. We will break down our pick as well, and then I'll give you guys some college games to watch. But let's start with the Falcons and the Panthers game here. For Atlanta, we have Matt Ryan coming in at QB10, Todd Gurley coming in at RB6, Calvin Ridley at wide receiver 3, Julio Jones at wide receiver 2, and Hayden Hurst at 10. 
What are you expecting tonight from this Falcons offense going up against this Panthers defense? Well, you know, it's been interesting because the uh, the Panthers have been the worst against uh, the run, you know, like yeah. with their week one effort made us think Josh Jacobs was going to potentially be running back one, and I don't even think he's cracked 15 points since then. <clears throat> so Todd Gurley's been doing better the last uh, few weeks, mostly because he's getting a lot of touchdowns I would expect there's going to be some opportunities for that uh, to continue but you know Atlanta they seem to be in a little bit of an offensive funk and then Dan Quinn got fired the last two weeks they've done uh, better they went back to their kind of standard uh, ways of blowing a lead last week Um, but they, you know, they came out and said they weren't planning on dealing Matt Ryan or Julio Jones before the trade deadline. So I think for the rest of the season, you're going to kind of see this Atlanta team. Their defense isn't great, so they're going to be putting up points. Um, you know, obviously we believe in Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. Um, we've seen both of them be able to thrive, and I don't see any reason why they get shut down tonight. Um, but then beyond that, you know, Russell Gage kind of a dart throw. Hayden Hurst, it's a dart throw position, so it's not a terrible play tonight, but he's been real up and down. But they seem to have settled into a groove where Ryan Gurley, Julio, and Calvin Ridley are playable, if not big points for you every week. Yeah, that's where I'm kind of interested to see what happens. I, I It's almost a vice versa on both defenses, right? Like Falcons, they give up a ton of points through the air, where Panthers give a ton of points up through the ground. So I'm curious to see how good these Pan- – not Panthers, I'm sorry, the Falcons receivers are going to be. I'm not – I'm almost curious if the Panthers maybe put up like 14 points really quick that maybe the uh, – man, I keep wanting to say the same team here. Atlanta starts throwing the ball if Carolina gets up on them. I, I kind of expect Gurley to have the best day out of all of them, but we all have Julio and Calvin high. And part of that I think comes from if Gurley gets it down into the red zone, maybe they throw it a little bit to get those guys touchdowns. I actually kind of think Hayden Hurst has a good game today. I think – I don't know where you guys ranked him. I had him pretty high this week. I actually, so I I think I had it slightly lower than that. I think I am at like 13, just because I don't fully uh, trust him. But yeah. you know, I had not, him at six. Yeah, you had him up a little higher. Yeah. They, their run defense is bad, but their pass defense isn't great. I mean, we even saw the Saints last week with fundamentally yeah. no receivers. He was able to, to throw three passing touches. One of Breeze's better passing days this year, yeah. and it was against this Carolina. They're a young defense. So they'll probably get better, but right now they're pretty friendly, and I would expect both of these teams to put up points. Let's hope. Let's hope. We need a, we need a really good Thursday night game. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I hope Julio doesn't do it. I'm going up against him in a couple of leagues today, so I'm hoping for a big Hayden Hurst, Calvin Ridley day. But, yeah, I mean, we, we've got all these guys. We have a lot of Panthers players really high, too. We, we're All of us are expecting, obviously, a pretty big day here from both teams. On the Panthers' side, uh, Bridgewater coming in at QB 17. Mike Davis, who uh, we know is going to be playing with McCaffrey out coming in at RB8. DJ Moore at wide receiver 12. Robbie Anderson at 14. Moore exploded last week. He's actually had a couple good weeks. I believe multiple 100-yard games. So he's kind of been coming on here as of late, which I believe you had talked about a couple weeks ago, him kind of working his way into this offense. What are your thoughts uh, on them? Is he kind of moving his way back into that wide receiver one position for fantasy? Yeah, I think all of us had him over Anderson this week, which is the first I time that's Anderson happened. I had him over him, actually. Oh, I, still had, I still had Anderson higher. 
so you know but that for me moving more back to being the high higher one is the first time that's happened since you know week one and two when we assumed you know going into the season it seemed like dj Moore would be they're not only their number one, but a low-end wide receiver one. We're kind of seeing signs of that. I had him actually at 12 uh, as a low-end wide receiver one, and I think I actually had – I think the consensus ranks, 12 and 14, were about exactly on where I dropped them. Gotcha. I think they're both going to have good games. It seems like Moore has been the more um, explosive long touchdown one, and given the defense that they're playing, that could be uh, a real benefit. Yeah, so just to give you an idea, I actually ranked them one spot away from each other. I had Anderson at 12, more at 13. So, I, I mean, I have them right there. So next we're all to kind of bunched up there. Yeah, but I still have Anderson at Spire just because he's been a little bit more consistent. I think Moore is the better player by far, but he's been – he just seems to be Bridgewater's one for whatever reason in this offense, and he's been more consistent. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. He's As I mentioned, he's, he's already had multiple 100-yard games now. He seems to be coming on more and more in this offense. We saw Curtis Samuel get involved a little bit last week, which I actually think I wouldn't do this in DFS, but I think he could be kind of a sleeper play tonight just with Christian McCaffrey being out. I didn't realize Samuel was dealing with an injury. Yeah, he was. So him being back last week, we saw him get a little bit of rushing work as well. We've seen Mike Davis kind of come back to the pack a little bit after starting out looking exactly like CMC uh, once CMC went out. But I think all four of these guys, if you've got them, you're firing it up tonight, I think. And hoping that this is going to be a great game for fantasy. Outside Julio Jones, again, Julio Jones, feel free to only score like eight points, and I'd be cool with that. But again, the only everybody... uh, the only Panther we're still not starting is Ian Thomas. Yeah, that is true. That is true. It's going to take a lot to get Ian Thomas into my lineup. Uh, but really, outside of that, there's not much else to talk about with this game. I mean, it's not a. Um... Hopefully, as I mentioned again, a big fantasy contest, but not really much else to talk about with those guys. So, who are you picking? Panthers. As did I. I just put my it's, picks in so I wouldn't forget. So, It's interesting. It feels like these teams are flipped from where I thought they might be at this point uh, yeah. preseason. Because I Someone thought Atlanta was would be. No, I'm pretty sure I had the Panthers higher than you. did have them higher than guy. you did. But I was and I had them 5-11. and 11. I was all in on the offense. Yeah, but I wasn't high on the Falcons either. I had it Saints and no. – um, who is it? Bucks. Bucks I had both of them making the playoffs. I wasn't high yeah, on so I didn't did have I, the Panthers but I thought, finishing high, but – I thought Atlanta would be around 500. Carolina seems like they're going to be that team that's around 500, where the Falcons, they might be trying to backdoor into the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. Yeah, it's definitely going to take a lot for them to get up to 500. So a couple of the NFL trades that have gone down, uh, not really big news for offensive stuff, but if you play in IDP leagues, uh, the Bengals finally move on from Carlos Dunlap. Seems like him... Dunlap and the Bengals have kind of had a big issue the past couple weeks. They haven't even seen him on the field being as beat up as they are on the defensive uh, front there. He goes to Seattle for uh, the offensive guard, B.J. Finley, and a seventh-round pick. And then the Cowboys trade Everson Griffin to the Lions for a sixth-round pick. That one was more interesting to me. Uh, We know that Seattle is in it. They're one of the better teams, so it makes sense for them to bolster their defense Getting Everson Griffin for the Lions almost makes me think that the Lions think that they're still in it, and so they're trying to make a push. There's a couple of things that I've taken away, because uh, prior to the week, um, we saw Yannick Ngakwe get traded off of, I think he was with the uh, Vikings. He was with the Vikings. He went to so Baltimore. He, he went to Baltimore. Ridiculous. It seems like the Vikings and the Cowboys are indicating that they're selling, which... Yeah. 
tells you they might be taking some things apart. Both those guys were kind of high-profile free agents that went to those teams in the offseason that didn't really pan out. Um, so that was kind of my takeaway from that. On the For Seattle, they're one of the best teams in the NFC, but we've seen defenses, they're real problem um you know they have been trying to get a pass rush pass rusher to add to the mix since before the season um you know they they hung around trying to get Clowney to come back for a while i don't think dunlap's at that level but you can see they're trying to do whatever they can to bolster that because their offense looks incredible but their defense you know their offense has done enough to win all the games their defense has not always held up their end of the bargain yeah, I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, it could be great moves for both of them. Like I said, the Everson Griffin one is a little bit more surprising to me, but they had Lions have looked better the past couple of weeks. I mean, their mm-hmm. defense has been fairly decent. Uh, well, they're, so they're three and three, and yeah. with the kind of tight packing in the NFC, they're, they've started to look better if they can overturn the Colts this week. Chicago may have a nice record but they have not exactly looked yeah. scary so if you were detroit you might think you have a better offense they probably should have won that first week if they if the bears hadn't had that miraculous comeback yeah. um but i think i'm still waiting the trade rumor right now that's the hottest that i'm most interested in is potentially will fuller to the packers which would be a massive trade and probably yeah. a big fantasy impact what is it that you kindly disagree with none i'm not sure what that kind of came in at a time that i'm not sure what was being said so what is it that you disagree with yeah um it'll be interesting i mean i honestly i'll just say now i just picked the uh the lions to win so that would put them at four and three but i don't um it i mean i do think the nfc is still tough so i i think they've got to fairly uphill battle here to uh to try and make it into the playoffs but they're making moves to do it makes sense with matt patricia there i do think if he obviously doesn't make the playoffs he's out for sure you know you're probably doing everything you can at this point because i think uh almost if i'm uh i can't remember i want to say sheila ford she's still the order owner of the lions right is that correct it's ford but i don't think is it martha it's Martha Ford, isn't it? I think it's Martha Ford. I know that. I know the owner came out. I know she came out and said that they um, on everything you just oh, said. Oh, you're right. That's three minutes. Okay. Well, I'm sorry that you kindly disagree with that. Um, yeah, I know that she came out at the beginning of the season and said that. Uh, now I'm completely lost. Yeah, my you're right. It's Sheila Ford Hamp. Okay, she came out at the beginning of the season and said that if neither one of them improve, they will both be gone. So. I imagine Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia are kind of in lockstep here trying to do everything they can to uh, make the playoffs in hopes that they keep their jobs. Injury front here, we've had a couple things. Edelman uh, is going to have surgery. He will miss or time. already had surgery, I think. Already, okay. Said. So he's going to miss time. The Patriots offense has not looked that good anyway, so I obviously think this hurts Cam Newton a little bit. Not that Edelman has been that productive. I mean, I don't, but, I don't even know. Nikhil Harry, I guess. Well, he's still banged up too. Yeah, I, I don't think this. Uh, so it says they could be without Nikhil Harry because of his concussion. Uh, Edelman had a precautionary knee procedure on Thursday, said so he'll miss time at least uh, the road game. So beyond that, it's kind of Demir Bird, Jacoby Myers. I know they've put a lot of pressure on Cam that he needs to be yeah. better, and he's put a lot of pressure on himself. They didn't have the world's most impressive receiving core before Edelman went out. I think that's kind of 
it kind of just confirms that the passing game there is a little bit of a stay away. On uh, Minshew here, he it comes back that he's had a fractured hand since when was it? I saw the story, but I didn't get a chance to look into it. But it's so been October eleventh, since October eleventh, it's been bothering him. But they went and looked, and he has some kind of uh, damage and also multiple fractures, um, which kind of might explain the last couple of weeks. The passing game has been real rough. Yeah. Um, so they're saying he hurt it October eleventh. That means he played two kind of full games. Uh, yep. potentially with that in there might explain a little bit of the fall off, but I would expect they're on a bye this week, but I would expect that he may miss time as well. I'd love to know what it is that you guys are talking about. Cause you can tell me to look back. I'm in the middle of a podcast. I can't go back three minutes and, and look at what I just said. I will happily do it when it's over. If you'd like to clue me in on what you think was a bad take, I will happily tell you why I think I, what I do anyways. Uh, yeah, so I would imagine that means we're going to see Mike Glennon get uh, fired up after the bye week. Uh, you know, yeah. what that does for the Jags, I don't know. It might improve some of the passing game. I still, for me, it's really just Chark. I mean, Chenault's come on a little bit, and obviously we are big fans of Chenault here. Not sure that I trust either one of them, though, with Glennon being out there. Well, and you have to wonder who would Glennon have uh, chemistry with, you know, would it be Chark? Keelan Cole has had a very quietly, very decent season. Yeah. Um, you know, was that kind of chemistry with Gardner Minshew? Does that carry over? Chenault, it feels like, has value because they're trying to get him involved and get him the ball in different ways, um, which, you know, you could see that kind of continuing with a different quarterback. You were the one that mostly noted Chark in the last game was wide open a lot and they weren't yeah. able to get the ball to him. Possibly Glennon could. <laughs> I hope so, because I have Chark in a couple places, and yeah, it, it did not look good. Like I said, I watched most of that game. There was at least three that I know of for sure. He was wide open, and, and Minshew just missed him. But that also kind of makes a little bit more sense now as well with him dealing with the hand injury on why he might have missed uh, missed the throws. It looks like both of our, my big fans there are now not watching, so I apologize for whatever it is I said that you guys disagreed with. I, I honestly have no idea what you guys were talking about uh giants o-line has covid we've seen also the Buccaneer buccaneer staffer popped up with covid as well it seems the reports are saying yeah. right now that there's there's not really leaning toward moving the monday night game so we should be good there but obviously this is not good news uh in case something happens so will hernandez popped positive and i think the rest are in quarantine we saw this last week with the raiders where Trent Brown popped positive and they were everyone else went in quarantine. You don't know. You know, this was the danger we've we've talked about since before the season was possibly losing an entire position group. I would be real worried uh, about playing Giants players if they end up losing uh, several of their line. They didn't have the greatest line to begin with. The Buccaneers yeah. have a pretty intense defense, especially up front. Um, so it could be a real tough game for Daniel Jones. Yeah, luckily for me, I only own Daniel Jones in one league, and I swapped him out. I do have Darius Slayton. I tried to swap him out. I think I still have him in one because I just I don't have anybody even worth a damn to put in over him. But, yeah, it's not a, not looking pretty. It wasn't looking pretty against that defense to begin with, and then you add in the possible offensive line woes. That makes it even worse. Uh, a couple wide receiver things here. I'm going to hit on the bad really quick. Uh, Allen Robinson is still in concussion protocol as of today. That's not looking good for him playing Sunday. So needs to be watched carefully. Obviously, he's a veteran, very good player. If he ends up coming out on Saturday or even Sunday, I'd imagine they'll still let him play. 
Uh, but it is something you need to watch because there's a realistic shot. He misses that game this week. Uh, and then Jalen Rager is expected back. We talked about this a little bit on Tuesday. I had mentioned that Adam Kaplan was talking about them expecting him to play. They have now come out and said that he will be available. Uh, was that Sunday but, night right against the Cowboys? Yeah, and it looks like Andy Dalton will not be available. Yeah, They're talking about it. Ben DiNucci. Um, Philip Lindsay's still in that concussion protocol, hasn't cleared. Nikhil Harry, there's quite a few guys that could yeah. miss. I actually didn't rank uh, Lindsay or Allen yeah, Robinson or I. Michael Thomas this week because – but Thomas actually returned Back to practice. So yeah. maybe a maybe – a slim hope, uh, but when I was yeah. I was writing about that Chicago Saints game, you could potentially have Thomas Emmanuel Sanders and Allen Robinson out of a game that we didn't think was going to be the most spectacular offensive <laughs> fireworks anyway. So yeah, enjoy I think that having... prime time. There's only three afternoon games, and that's oh, probably going to be the game of the week. For I most think. Obviously, getting Thomas back is somewhat good. Like I'm hoping he plays. Obviously, we need to see him back out on the field big time, but. With Rager, like how how comfortable do you feel throwing him out there? Because it wasn't like it was a leg injury or anything, so it's not like he has anything he had to come back with the speed. It was just the hand. What was it? His hand, right? That he had the yeah, surgery. surgery. So, and if he, I heard again, this is just completely Adam Kaplan. I'm pretending like I've been out at, at Eagles practice watching this. I'm going based off what he said, and I do trust because of the connections he has with the Eagles organization. He said that he's been out there catching balls for a couple weeks now and that they were just waiting to make sure he was 100%. So for me, against a really bad Dallas Cowboys defense where we don't think Miles Sanders is going to be back as well, it might be a great game to fire up Jalen Rager. I'm hoping it is because if Allen Robinson is a no-go, that's my that's my replacement in a couple leagues right now is Rager. And so that's probably the appeal is that it's a really bad defensive matchup because – I still think even based on the usage we were seeing at the early part of the season, he wasn't getting a lot of consistent touches, and he's going to have to work back in that. Catching balls is good. The fact his leg wasn't injured is good, but, you know, we talked about it took, it was probably week four or five when we finally saw teams look like they were back into good conditioning shape. So you started that ramp up and then you dropped off. Practice we've seen is not enough to condition you for a game. But he's the kind of guy that he could get one or two deep ones, you know, get a touchdown. You know, you could two two cap catches for sixty yards and touchdown, yeah. and that's worth playing. And this is a defense where we've seen that happen in spades. Yep. Um, yeah, you know, it's just really probably depends on your options and stuff. If you have one of those guys that we have up in the top thirty, I mean, I'm not subbing them out for Rager right now. But like you said, injury replacements, bye week replacements, we actually have some good fantasy offenses that are on the shelf this week. Yep. Yeah. I mean, he's someone that I again, I don't want to say I have. 100% confidence in, but I think with the way that Fulgham has been playing, they're going to shift a little bit of coverage toward him. We know no Ertz. I know I saw Goddard was out on the practice field today, but I haven't heard that he's going to play. So if he's not playing, it really comes down to just Fulgham and Rager. And if Fulgham gets and some of the Ward. coverage. Oh, yeah. Well, and Fulgham Ward, Richard and Rogers, Boston Scott. I mean, I am not, I'm not really worried about Ward doing everyone's too much. favorite receiver, JJ Arcega Whiteside. Yeah, yeah, JJ Arcega. Well, I should this... start him in a, in a league, so well, I can't watch say this be the uh, week that Alshon Jeffrey comes back to. I, I don't think they ever want him coming back. But I think uh, 
with that, if they if they have the coverage kind of shifted to Fulgham, as you mentioned, this is the defense where Rager could pull one on them and, and fairly easily as well. So it's a game where out of any of the games for him to come back, just like I'll, I'll mention in a couple weeks when Nick Chubb is coming back, hopefully in week 10 against the Houston Texans, one of the worst pat, rush defenses in the league, those are the games you want to fire them up for coming back off injury because you've got a, a prime matchup. That is uh, all the news we have for you, though. Matt, why don't you give us a rundown of our pick'em groups here, which I'm, I'm, I'm still claiming I'm only in second place because I should have that win for picking the Eagles, even though I forgot to do it. So for our uh, for our team, um, you know, group, you are still in first place. You were ten and four last week, uh, leading at seventy two. My wife actually leapfrogged. Uh, me again, which seems to happen on odd weeks. <laughs> She's actually second in our group uh, right now. She was twelve and two last week. Wow! Uh, so I can't even be mad at that. Uh, I'm in third place. Uh, our friend Jacobs in fourth. Uh, Dennis in fifth right now. Um, some guys in week six had a little bit of a hard time remembering to put in picks, uh, so gotcha. they fell a little bit further back. But uh, in our open chat with uh, everyone who's in the Discord, Rob is in first place um 74 he he was 11 and 3 last week pretty good justin uh our friend jagag jumped up he was 13 and 1 last week he's now in second place wow uh and then you're tied for third but really only two picks separate first to third Uh, and then our friend earl of dynasty is at with 70 picks is in fifth I argue I should be tied in second with JGAG there because I should have put, I just forgot to put my pick in. I would have picked the Eagles, but it is what I get for not remembering that there was a Thursday night game last week. Uh, so some of the. He college- actually, I forgot. I think he forgot to pick the Thursday night game too. So he might have oh, gone dear. actually 13 0 on games he picked. Wow. Even better. Because I think he mentioned in our. Because um, he's one of our writers for the Fantasy Life App yeah. blog. I'm pretty sure he mentioned he forgot to pick Thursday. Wow. Even, dude, that's awesome. Uh, I would love to go undefeated one week. Um, so there's a game on tonight in case the Falcons and Panthers game is not interesting whatsoever. Colorado State versus Fresno I think could be a very good game. Dante Wright is a young wide receiver on Colorado State that I think could be very good. Going into Saturday, there really isn't a lot of really good games on this weekend. Memphis, Tennessee is one of them, though. On Cincinnati's side, I'm looking at Desmond Ritter. He's a sleeper quarterback in this class. If he can continue to produce passing the ball, he's done a lot of the work on it with his legs in these past few games. If he can continue to get more accurate passing the ball, I think he could be a really true, real true threat, dual threat, my goodness, at the next level. Boston College, Clemson. I do think Clemson's going to kind of run away with this one, but I want to see Phil Phil Jerkovich, who is the quarterback of Boston College, how good he does against his defense. He's another guy who I think is a really good quarterback who's just not getting a lot of talk. Unfortunately, this could be an interesting game. Michigan State versus the team up north, which is Michigan, for those of you who don't know. Uh, Allen Robinson, yeah, okay, we already talked about that. Sorry, I just saw something pop up for him. Michigan looked really good last week, and I want to see what they look like against Michigan State this week, although Michigan State did get beat by Rutgers, so this might not be much of a test for them, but I'd like to see what their quarterback, Joe Milton, looks like two weeks in a row because uh, he is someone that is making me a little bit nervous. I'm not going to lie, being a Buckeyes fan. 
Uh, Indiana versus Rutgers both had really big wins last week. Uh, their first week in the Big Ten. I would want to. I like to see how that one plays out. I actually think Rutgers has a chance to upset Indiana. They've got a really good running back in that Isaiah Pacheco, another guy in this 2021 class. Indiana, Stevie Scott, Wap Taylor, both of those guys uh, both look like they'll be 2021 prospects as well. Uh, Taylor, I'm sorry, Wap Filer is a wide receiver. Stevie Scott, a running back. Notre Dame versus Georgia Tech, another good game. Notre Dame should win that one, setting up their matchup with Clemson. Clemson next weekend. That will be probably the big prime time matchup next weekend. Um, Texas, Oklahoma State. Uh, Texas obviously has not been that good this year, but Oklahoma State remains undefeated. I do hope that they win this game. I like the way that they're actually playing defense in a conference that never plays defense. They've also got Chuba Hubbard and Tyler Wallace on that team with Spencer Sanders, who's another quarterback who's getting a lot of talk right now. I uh, would like to see them go up against Texas, even though Texas has struggled. It's these games that they always seem to kind of play up for and play really good, so I do think this will be a good test for Oklahoma State. After that, really, it just comes down to the Saturday night's game between Ohio State, Penn State. Obviously, uh, I am a Buckeyes fan. I hope that they win that game. I do think it's going to be closer than a lot of people are giving credit for. Penn State did lose to Indiana last week on a play that I don't think they actually won. Uh, that looked like the ball hit on the ground before it hit the pylon, which technically means he was down. But they called it a touchdown on the field, and they couldn't find evidence to overrule it. So the the touchdown two-point conversion, I'm sorry, two-point conversion stood. Indiana beat Penn State, but Penn State's defensive line and secondary is very good. I think they are going to give Ohio State some trouble. I expect Ohio State to come away with the win, but I am not predicting a 21-27 to point lead like others. I think Penn State always plays Ohio State tough. They've actually beaten Ohio State in a couple years, uh, the past couple years. So I think this will be a close game. Unfortunately, on Halloween night, where I have two kids that have to go trick or treating, so you're probably if you live in the Texas area and you hear a guy walking around cussing and yelling around a bunch of kids, that's probably me because I'm going to be listening to the game and I feel like that's not going to be a good one. But it is what it is. So that really does it. I was trying to make it to 30 minutes, but we're we're going to no, fall so right at it. If you're 0 and 7, 1 and 6, 2 and 5 in fantasy, already looking toward your next uh, season and and your draft picks. Yeah. You have a show that you're doing on Wednesdays. Give you all the kind of Debbie talking about college. It's a good time to start doing your research, start dreaming about that 2021 title. What I would say, if if you are out of it in a dynasty league, I wouldn't identify the pieces that you want to build around and then sell off whatever else you don't and try and get as many – second, third, obviously first, but first are a lot harder to come by, especially in dynasties. But if you can get multiple seconds or thirds, I I feel like I probably say this every year, and I promise you I really mean it this time. This is a draft that you can truly rebuild your team in a hurry. The amount of wide receivers, tight ends, which we do not see massive tight end groups. There's seven tight ends that I would be happy to draft this year. I think could all be difference makers. The past couple of years, we have not been able to say that about tight ends. There's been a guy here or there that we've liked. You know, a couple of years ago, you had Mike Gesicki coming out. And he's like, yeah, he looks good. You know, Noah Fant, TJ Hawkinson. I loved both of them. Now, they both produced somewhat. Fant had the injury. Hawkinson, I think, is more just because for whatever reason, after he gets targeted five times, they just stop targeting him for whatever reason, even though he's scoring touchdowns. But I would say... Could you say a better passer as well? Exactly. Well, So in saying that, there's three tight ends in this class. There we go, my camera. Three. Kyle Pitts, Brevin Jordan, and Pat Fryermuth. Not in that order. It should have been Kyle Pitts, 
Pat Fryermuth, Brevin Jordan, I would take over any of the three I just mentioned. That's how good I think they are. Kyle Pitts is going to be better than Gronk, and I am not saying that lightly. Like Kyle Pitts is an absolute freak. Florida, is unfortunately, is not playing this week because they had the COVID outbreak. But if you just go back and look at the highlights, in three games he had, I believe it was eight touchdowns. Like He's been phenomenal this year. He's going to be the best tight end. He's likely a first-round pick. There's some people saying that he might go as the first receiving player off the board. They may not even see receiver go ahead of him. That's how good Kyle Pitts is. You've got – I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. I've got seven wide receivers right now with first-round grades and 22 with second to third. So, I mean, this is a loaded wide receiver class. If you thought last year's was big, this is even bigger. I think there's a chance that five QBs get drafted in the first round this year as well. The weakest part of this class this year is running back. You've got three guys at the top. Outside of that, there's a group of, I would say, three, no, probably four to ten-ish that I could argue are in that group of the tier two. There's the four that I really like that I think have that high-end upside, but there's ten that you could argue have possible NFL upside depending on where they land. Journey Brown falls in that list. He's a guy that I really like. Hopefully we'll get a chance to see him play, but... It is a really good class. If you guys need wide receivers, need tight ends, get as many second, third round picks as you can because uh, it, it can be a very big rebuilding year. Yeah, we come in. Uh, what's it? Late night. So if you can't stay up late, we will. We'll be. It's coming out on our our feed right now. The fantasy football roundtables. We're working to get all that stuff uh, sorted out, and then it will come out on its own as well. It's called the Debbie Debate Show. Appreciate you bringing that up because it's a lot of fun talking. I don't get to talk enough college football, and I, I love talking college football, so it's fun to talk uh, with those two guys. You know, that's the next part of Dynasty. You know, especially it can be the pits when you're on a on Dynasty and you, your team that you really liked is one in six, and you're kind of just playing out the string. Yeah. It's a good time to start doing your research, start getting ready, like you said, start making moves, see what you can get out there. See, you know, it's good to know that. If you have one of those top picks, you can probably get a running back to help you. If you're in the middle of the pack, you either need to make a move to get a running back or do something else. Yeah, especially because I would think most – I know most of the leagues that I'm in, my trade deadlines are next Thursday. We always do it the week before – or right before the week nine game starts. So we've got a week for probably most leagues for your trade deadline hits and – when that offseason hits, especially once we see a lot of these guys go with the combine and everything, those draft picks, those values shoot up. So you have to get those picks now on those teams that are, you know, we were just talking in a, in a chat earlier in a 16-leaguer that I'm in where people are trying to get some players now, and they're like, hey, I'll give you like that Michael Thomas trade just to give you an idea. He said oh, he'll even throw his first in now too. So he'll give you his first and second just to get these two players because right now those teams that are trying to compete or make the playoffs, they don't care about their picks. They're not worried about the future. They're worried about the now. So now is a chance to go out and get those picks if you can. And I, I really do think that this is going to be – uh, I always feel like I'm being a little bit too bold here and saying that this could be an historic draft class with the amount of players. And I've, I've not even mentioned anything defense or offensive line or anything that wise. It's just wide receivers, running backs, quarterbacks, tight end is one of the deepest classes we will see in a while. And I promise you, next year's draft class is honestly going to kind of suck. So this is the one that you're going to want to build up. Well, I'm sure we'll see some guys show up. But right now, 2022 ain't looking good. 2023 is looking amazing. So we're going to take a dip in 2022 so get what you can now outside of that though we will be back a little bit earlier tomorrow uh 
All three of us have a little bit of stuff going on. We're all off of work, so we're going to go ahead and jump on. What was it, 12 Eastern tomorrow's that we decided? 1230? 1, 1.30 Eastern. 1.30 Eastern. Sorry, 12.30 my time. Central 11.30 time. in the mountains, you know, just get your grilled cheese sandwich, get your yeah. cup of soup. I'll be yeah. here as much as possible. My son is, is in the middle of learning, so he may or may not cooperate with me but at least you'll hear matt and dennis talking most of the time if i'm if i'm not if i'm not there but we'll be back early tomorrow uh get that knocked out for you guys and outside of that enjoy what's looking like going to be a very good game tonight for fantasy and the nfl we will talk to you guys again tomorrow prepare for glory i don't know if you got your popcorn ready you got your popcorn ready I came out the wall line already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly. Over the tackle of the 40-yard line. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can.